Hello, and welcome to More is Afraid of the Dark, but not really the podcast. And today, we are talking about episode number 12, The Tale of the Prom Queen. Hello listeners, welcome to the 12th episode podcast for the series Are You Afraid of the Dark, known as More's Afraid of the Dark, but not really the podcast. In this podcast, if you haven't listened to it before, I talk about one of my favorite TV shows from the 90s, Are You Afraid of the Dark? And today we're on the 12th episode, The Tale of the Prom Queen. This episode first aired on November 7th, 1992. The first shot of this episode is a shot of a person in a prom dress, presumably, because this is the tale of the prom queen, but honestly, it looks more like a wedding dress. Then we see the gang at the clearing. Eric is eating a sandwich. More proof that they need to keep up with the snack rotation. Betty Ann and Kiki um, are sitting back to back, and Kiki's tossing a baseball up in the air and catching it. Betty Ann is balancing a twig on her nose. Not sure why, but maybe it's a balancing thing? Gary is doing something with the fire, and Frank returns from possibly using the forest restroom to find Kristen is still not there. Gary mentions again that they have rules for a reason. I guess Kristen should consider herself on notice. This is another one of those episodes that have kind of a long opening. Um, and I like that because like I've mentioned several times, I like the interaction with the Midnight Society. It makes the series feel more like people telling us a campfire story than more like actors hire to sit around a fire for five minutes, introduce a story, end a story, get up and leave. Just as it looks like Gary's about to call the meeting, the figure enters the clearing, causing them to be a little scared and gather around the storyteller's chair. When the figure speaks, they are all happy to find out it is Kristen, who is dressed up in character for her story. Remember, Kristen goes all out and always dresses up for her stories. And I don't understand why the gang freaks out and gathers around the storyteller's chair. Because logically, wouldn't it have been Kristen? She's the one who's supposed to tell the story tonight, and they were all moaning about her being late. Betty Ann is impressed with Kristen's getup, and goes to give her a high five, which Kristen leaves her hanging, which is kind of rude on her part, and Eric asks her why she dressed up. She tells him it's for her story. She also calls him a jerk. I agree with calling him a jerk. She tells the group she is there to tell the one true version of her story. She's playing the role of the dead prom queen. Kristen does some dramatic flair, sits in the storyteller's chair, grabs the bag of non-dairy creamer, sticks her hand in it, throws it into the fire, and submits her story for their approval as the tale of the prom queen. The tale opens with a shot of a graveyard, where we see Dee Dee, who is dressed like an escaped convict, you know, dark color clothing, stripes, abundance on it, walking around a cemetery, she has some wildflowers in a bouquet, and she leaves them presumably on a random gravestone. She continues to walk around as kind of, and is in, kind of like in a haze, if you will. And she is then startled by Jam and Greg. That is right, their names are Jam, J-A-M, and Greg. Jam, who is more obsessed with the paranormal than Greg, explains to Judy that they are in search of a ghost. She inquires about the ghost, and they tell her it is the ghost of a dead prom queen. They ask her if she wants to join them, and she agrees, because who wouldn't want to join two strangers in a graveyard looking for a dead prom queen? The kids go out for malts and burgers and talk about how to find out information. 
Judy thinks about it for a while and says that maybe they should contact the police as they should have a record of the incident. Greg tells her that they probably won't even talk to them. Jam says that they should go to the library and check the newspaper scans. So the gang thinks on it for a while and they decide that Jam's right. They should go to the library and check the old newspaper scans. So off to the library they go and they're checking the computer when they get a jump scare. It's a little old lady, presumably a librarian, a very friendly librarian, who offers them a cup of tea. I'm thinking of making an Are You Afraid of the Dark drinking game where if they mention tea or drink tea, you take a shot. Guarantee you'll be wasted by the end of the episode. Anyway, they refuse tea and find an article with the girl's name. And it turns out her name is Judy Larson. They learn that she was hit by a car just outside the cemetery on prom night, and her boyfriend, Ricky Mitchell, also died when he drove off a bridge. Ricky did not get the message that he was supposed to pick up Judy. Call me crazy, but if you're taking someone to prom, wouldn't you automatically assume you are to pick up that person? Although, on the other hand, why would you go to a cemetery to wait for a ride? That's kind of grim right there. Now, I don't particularly like the character of Jam, but he seems to be the brains of this operation. Jam says that they should hold a seance. Greg pulls Dee Dee aside and asks it, her if she believes in this stuff. She says that a seance could be fun. They all meet up later and take a boat out to where Ricky went over. Dee Dee leads the seance. She believes that all you need to do to contact the dead is to concentrate, which means I must do this a lot when working on complex math problems. She is also talking to Ricky and tells him that he never got the message, but he was supposed to pick Judy up by the cemetery on Woodlawn Drive. This isn't the actual street. I just forgot what it was and I live near Woodlawn Drive. Then she tells him to come and pick her up as she is waiting for him. All of a sudden, there are tons of bubbles and they start rising in the lake to the surface, almost like if there was a car underneath them and it was trying to start its engine. The two guys, Greg and Jam, freak out as it could be Ricky and the ghost car, or it could be sewage pipes or even natural gas pockets. They escape by rowing the boat as fast as Greg can row and end up on the shore just in time. So now it's at this point in the episode that we are once again brought back to the Midnight Society, where Betty Ann says, brave kids. Frank says stupid, but brave. Kristen throws her corsage into the fire, maybe to make the area smell of flowers. I'm not sure why she does that. So we now cut back to the story where we're back in the cemetery and it's prom night because apparently the ghost is supposed to appear at midnight in the cemetery on prom night. So Greg, Jam, and Dee Dee are waiting around the cemetery and they see what they think is the prom queen walking around. She is dressed in white robes and carrying around green glow sticks, which makes her easy to spot. Greg goes up to her and alas, it is not the prom queen, but Jam's cousin Chuck. Jam put Chuck up to it as a prank since Jam did not think they would see the ghost. All of a sudden, they see an old 55 Chevy driving down the road in the cemetery. It stops next to where they are, and Dee Dee transforms into the prom queen. OMG! It turns out that Dee Dee is Judy's nickname, and she is a ghost. OMG! She sings the song, um, I think it's called In the Still of the Night, 
Apparently for some releases, this song has been omitted due to copyright slash licensing issues, but on mine, which I downloaded from Xbox Store slash Voodoo, um, it still has the song in it, so I think that's a nice touch. It's very romantic. Judy does one of those things where she does a 180 turn, or no, I guess it's 360 turn, and she is now wearing a very pretty baby blue dress, and she gets into Ricky's car. She explains to Jam and Greg that she could only leave the cemetery if someone took her. She also told them that she knew when she saw them, they would be the ones to help her solve the mystery of why Ricky never came and tells them she will never forget them. Ricky and Judy drive off together through the cemetery gates, while Greg, Jam, and Chuck look on with looks of shock on their faces. Kristen then says, the end, and Gary declares the meeting over. it's time for my favorite part, Morris thoughts and the fun fact. The fun fact for this episode is that Matthew McKay, who played Ricky, was in a previous episode. He previously was in The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Now remember, Morris thoughts aren't in any particular order, but here we go with the first thing I thought of. This is my favorite Kristen story. It wasn't scary, but it was just an overall really good story. It had a good starting, a good conclusion, and if you were a child, you may not have seen the twist at the end, and I thought that was very good. My second thought was, even though the ending was somewhat predictable, it was still very good. So that goes hand in hand with number one. So one and two are one and the same, I guess you could say. Thought number three, I liked how Kristen dresses up for her stories, but I can't help but think Gary makes empty threats about people being late to meetings and having rules. He's never once said, Kristen, you're on probation because you're late. Also, I think that's a kick-ass prom dress. Also, the whole Gary and having rules thing, it'll come back towards the end of the first run of the series. And actually, the last episode of the first run, The Tale of Badge. But we're nowhere near that yet. My fourth thought is that Betty Ann and David ate up this story and were totally into it. Whereas the others seem kind of not so much into the story. Maybe the idea of having a dead person, or I'm sorry, a dead prom queen come back to try and solve her own death was just not their thing. My fifth thought was, it was kind of mean of Kristen not to high-five Betty Ann. Seriously, I get you're playing a character, but she was complimenting you. My sixth and final thought, I don't know why Kristen called it the tale of the prom queen. If Judy never made it to prom, how could she be crowned queen? Unless they felt bad about her death and gave it to her post-death. Or I guess another option would be if Judy went to the junior prom and won that and became the junior prom queen. I guess that makes it okay for Kristen to call this the tale of the prom queen. Otherwise, she was never the prom queen. She was just a dead girl on her way to prom. Well, that was a fun story, wasn't it? That was Kristen's story, the tale of the prom queen, her last story of season one. 
The next summary is our last summary of Season 1, a classic Are You Afraid of the Dark tale, which is told by our fearless leader, Gary. That's right, our next podcast is going to be the final episode of Season 1, Episode 13, The Tale of the Pinball Wizard, a personal favorite of mine. So until next time, remember to wear your mask, wash your hands, and socially distance. I'll see you next time on Moore's Afraid of the Dark, but not really the podcast for our final episode of season one, The Tale of the Pinball Wizard.